0: Hey everybody! What's going on? You are listening to the Playing On podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. It's been a while. I apologize. I've had a bunch of life stuff going on. Um, I've I've been absent. I'm sorry. I, I I don't mean it personally. It's just I needed to get a couple things taken care of with with retirement, with uh, just life and family and holidays and. uh no excuses. I understand. No excuses. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this is uh, this is something I want to continue doing, and I want to, you know, help out the paintball world in any way that I can. And if it's doing a podcast, it's doing a podcast. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Shock Tech USA, the mechanical marker industry, and kind of it's boiling up again Uh, everybody's getting into autocockers everybody's getting into these manual um these these manual markers that are just awesome to shoot um and if you enjoy shooting autocockers you would enjoy shooting a shock tech marker these things are badass looking uh i will actually be shooting a uh I, I might be shooting an autococker because I'll be playing with the gunfighters in the 10-man series at the Iron City Classic, at the Chicago event. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to the West Coast event. But the, all the the most of the 10-man events, I'm going to be playing with the gunfighters. So that's going to be fun. But if you guys are looking for a marker uh, to participate in any of this stuff in or just to plink around with, I mean, it's, it's starting to boom. And uh, the Shock Tech markers... Are amazing. I'm. I, I. was on their website. I'm on their website now, and some of the anodizing on these markers are amazing. And just how thin and slim these things are, it is. It's amazing to see. And uh, Danny Love over there at Shock Tech, he's uh, personally putting all these things together, so you know they're gonna shoot awesome. Uh, so if you guys get a chance, head over to ShockTechUSA.com. They have the Gunfighter 1.5 frame over there. They have full markers, 5 and 4 star, pneumatics, inline regs, internals, soft goods, all kind of stuff. Shock Tech USA. Uh, And yeah, enjoy. Shop away. Uh, We are also brought to you by Charm City Paintball. Head game is on fire. Uh, We have a bunch of people now wearing Charm City Paintball stuff, and it's, it's... not because of this podcast it's because it is because it's quality it's quality gear it's quality head wraps quality headbands he makes pack bands uh for myself he has a a very popular grandma's couch fabric that he will be bringing back um that uh that's that's really cool but he makes really good product it's it's old school feeling it's it's fabric Anything that he makes is usually ten or less, so it's all kind of a custom run, and uh, you know it, it's it's amazing. You, know, Mike's a great guy. He's uh, down out of Florida. He's sewing all of this himself, and uh, it, it's all great. I mean, I've I've had nothing but compliments on all of my excuse me, all of my gear that I get from him uh, it has been complimented on numerous times. And I enjoy it, man. It's it's great stuff, and uh, I I really enjoy having him. I had him on the podcast, and uh, just as a sponsor, it's 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 really cool. So if you guys get a chance, hit him up on Instagram, Charm City Paintball, as well as Facebook, and uh, yeah, and check out all of his designs. He has he's always uploading new fabrics, and uh, he'd love to work with you. So make sure you tell him that Carl from the Playing On podcast sent you over there. So thank you, Charm City. Thanks, Mike. We are also brought to you by Push Paintball. Uh, this is kind of uh, kind of a new sponsor for the uh, for the podcast, but they have been coming out with some awesome gear lately. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but uh, I'm, su- I'm sure you have. But they have the Unite Goggle, which is out. Uh, Chris Osoya is is working with them. And they have a bag series that is amazing. They have the goggles that are awesome, and they've really been making some uh, some noise in the paintball world. And it's it's no surprise the product is uh, is high quality stuff. And uh, Brian Benini is behind everything, so you know it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great quality. But if you go over there, they have apparel, they have uh, the bag collection, they have the unite the unite lenses and goggle system. Uh, I have a bag. Right back here. Um, also, with the uh, the Velcro sides, you can get the uh, the Velcro letters to make sure that you don't that you don't uh, lose your bag because you'll have teammates trying to take. That but um, but yeah, make sure you head over to uh, pushpaintball.com and you can check out all of their very sweet gear. So thank you to Push Paintball. Uh, we are also brought to you by CK Fight Life and. You might have known these guys back in the day from uh, from the name Co- Contract Killers. But what's cool about uh, CK Fight Life is that they are a mix of paintball and jujitsu, two things that I very much enjoyed ju- enjoyed doing. And uh, if you head to their website, they have anything from uh, rash guards to geese to belts. Uh, to soft goods, T-shirts, and then on the paintball side, they have packs, they have pants, uh, they do laser engraving, which is uh, has been seen on the pro field and all over the paintball circuit. Uh, so it's uh, ckfightlife.com, and you can go over there and scroll and see all of their awesome work with uh, the engraving, with the uh, the paintball gear, with the jujitsu gear. No matter what you're into, uh, they have all kinds of styles and stuff, and they would love to work with you on the laser engraving. So, and make sure you ask for Tony; he will give you all the lowdown on everything. CKFightLife.com. Thanks, guys. And uh, lastly, we are brought to you by Rise Custom Gear. Uh, these guys are out of Greece and have been also have been seen on the pro field. Uh, they Tmg Outlaws and uh, let's see here who else do they have but they have um, they make custom jerseys custom compression gear for uh, tops and bottoms and uh, tech shirts t-shirts let's see what else I I have all the all the websites pulled up here to uh, to make sure I don't get anything wrong and uh, of course it's going slow but Anyway, it's risecustom.com. Make sure you guys check them out. They make they make some really cool stuff. The fabric that they use is super soft and it's all supplemented. So whatever kind of crazy cat design or whatever you have going on, they will make it for you. I have a a few t-shirts that are gonna be coming out. Uh, we'll put them on pre-order. But I have this guy right here, the uh, the logo tee. It's the, playing on PowerCast Logo Tee along with the uh, the USA Tee, which is this guy right here. Uh, it's all amazingly soft, uh, super light, great for the paintball field, uh, walking around in, sweating, all that good stuff. But make sure you check them out, risecustom.com, and check out all, their, all their products. They'll make custom uh, – oh, by the way, the – compression gear the tops and bottoms are all custom as well so if you want your name and your number and whatever your girlfriend's face or or boyfriend's face or whatever you want on there uh, they will they will hook it up for you so risecustom.com. make sure you tell them that i sent you over there and they'll hook you up so thank you to all of our sponsors okay holy moly this episode is with Jesse Stevens he's been on the pro circuit for a little bit now and he has been one that I've always seen up front killing it uh, you know I, I, I first saw him and heard about him with the whole roster series through uh, Planet Eclipse he kind of jumped around a little bit headed over to the AC Dallas uh, AC Dallas camp it was cool hearing kind of how the internals of that work and where his mindset was, and 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 what he was kind of going through through that time, I totally forgot that he knew Crunchy, um, uh, Sean from back in the day, who who I'd played a, a small little fraction of the time with on Excessive, but uh, amazing paintball player, and and yeah, you know, kind of his his coming up and and you know, hearing kind of how he went about things and uh, where his mindset was and, and direction. and Now I believe he's on a, you know, with Aftershock of today, or I'm, I'm sorry, X-Factor of today, uh, he's he's found his home, and uh, it's really cool to see. And, and that's a very solid core group of guys, and they look like they, they trust him, and they're putting him in positions on the field and in situations on the field where they, they seem like they really have confidence in him. So uh, it, it's good to see, and I was really really fortunate to be able to have him on and uh, i wish him the best of luck but uh, enough of my babbling here is the podcast with jesse stevens enjoy what's yeah. up man <laughs> same old shit different day yeah well it's a little bit different now i guess with uh not really playing competitively. Well, I wouldn't say com- not playing competitively. I'm not playing on the pro circuit next year. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just, I'll just. i do this. Just Maybe. 10-man. I'll, I'll play some 10-man. Well, ten man. so I am going to play 10-man with uh, the gunfighters uh, for the Iron City Classic and for the Chicago event. I'll be playing with them. That'll be fun. I don't know if they're going to try and convince me to shoot an autococker, though. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I just I'm so terrible at it. That's it. I mean, that's that's my excuse. I'm just I'm really bad at at shooting an autococker. Okay. I'm Trying to set this up right. Well, as long as you have light on your face, you'll be good. Yeah. People can see. Okay. You.
1: Yeah. Is there like glare because the TV behind me?
0: No, it all um, good? no, it's it's fine. It's good. It's better than some. For sure, I've had I've had people where they um where they put the light completely behind them and just everything's yeah. black and it just doesn't work. But yeah, no, this this works just perfect. Perfect. So what's up with you, man?
1: Not much, just grinding.
0: I'm uh I'm in
1: school. I have about 18 hours left. I'm almost done with this semester, and you know just staying busy. Uh, it's been a wild off season already. Yeah. But um yeah. I decided I'm gonna stay put on X though. I'm not gonna do anything. I had a couple offers, but yeah, you know, I think I think with where I'm at right now, I'm I'm in the right place. You know, just with you know, and balance is the key word, especially with doing what we do. And yeah. just with school and I'm working for Alex Martinez now. I do like a lot of the social media stuff for the field now. So I'm kind of, I'm working into that and I'm learning a bunch of stuff on the fly yeah. and, um, my degree's in communication. So I'm trying to get more into the viral marketing, social media marketing, uh, content creating side of things. Like I really want to do a lot of video editing stuff. Nice. Cause to tell you the truth, dude, like my, like what, what I would love to do is just what the ghost sports guys do, like just creating videos. Cool dramatic like finals videos and all that Mm -hmm. showcasing everything like that's my dream like if i could go back and do it all over again i'd go to ut austin to film school and just go wherever that takes me go as far down the rabbit hole as i can
0: you know and yeah yeah well i mean every that's that's one and where would you be i mean would that have worked out you know it's like would you would have worked out and would you be where you are now and, yeah. Yeah. I always think about that stuff too, because there there's so many different paths that someone can take in their life. Mm-hmm. And if you look, ba- if you look back and you go, "Well, man, if I would have made that decision, I I could have been, you know, I could have been this, or I could have did that," and I think about it, I'm like, "Man, yeah, I I might have had that chance, but would it have really went the way that I wanted it to?" Yeah. Like, you just you you never know. You never know. And I feel like. Everything happens for a reason. It know? does, and whatever reason that is, I don't, I don't fucking know. But it's, <laughs> it's just weird. I mean, it, you you go about your life making so many of these minute decisions, not really knowing whether uh-huh. or not it's, it is the right one or not. Yeah. And you, I mean, but deep down in your gut, you know what, you know what's right, you know what's wrong. Yeah. So I yeah. try to
1: just tell myself, you know, like, I'm, I'm where I am for a reason you know just yeah keep keep it up keep doing what I'm doing so i heard you're working with uh, first form as well now too uh yeah i um, i just started the legionnaire program i'm still learning stuff and i'm i'm trying to find balance with it all like i i didn't realize like how much i was really getting into yeah. with all that sorry i'm plugging in my computer so it doesn't die no you're good i didn't realize i didn't realize how much i was really getting into with that cuz uh there's just that's another rabbit hole. You know, there, there's so much that goes into just being a legionnaire. Like I know Greg Sewers does it and just the whole training and, you know, just learning how to market yourself and, you know, social, social media, content creation, all that stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. just being a part of it and putting yourself out there, just, you know, building a following.
0: Being your own business. It's,
1: it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot. And I mean, I've, I've been already been able to make a little bit money off of it, you know, Mm -hmm. just, you know getting products to some people or people just asking me questions and then wanting to try it and you know it it goes from there but it's been it's been cool but hey, David obviously he's been awesome you know he he helps out a lot of us within the sport who yeah. uh who really want to try the products and to tell you the truth I've I've tried a bunch of stuff you know I I bought into that legionnaire uh package and i got a a bunch of gear and i love it all to tell you the truth and they're high quality products i mean it's not like these are you know anything's low quality or they've cut corners by any means to you know make it as cheap as possible it's it's very very high quality and i like i kind of followed it and was dieting pretty hard going into cup and i saw pretty awesome results but again it's it really it boils down to the diet and how Mm -hmm. much work you're putting into it i mean you're a freak athlete like you know how it goes (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it's what you put in man it it's basically when you come down to it you know you hear the saying over and over and over again you are what you eat and it's such Mm -hmm. such a, a plain and simple like straight to the point saying it's so true it's so true When when people go you know oh you you are what you eat yeah whatever and but i mean I had, uh, we were doing running around today and we had uh, this, even though it was thin crust, we had pizza and I just, I, I'm like, I feel sluggish afterwards, just the carbs and everything. I just And once you eventually get to that point where you do start, your body does start feeling it when you start eating something else different than like, you know, the vegetables, the meats, the, you know, the, the proteins, whatever you will, I guarantee you that you will feel it. And if you have a cookie or two, you'll be like, Oh my God. You you just feel you you feel different.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Um, like I was eating super clean going into World Cup. I had, I was I was dieting uh, fairly well. I was on my grind, working out like sometimes two times a day as much as I can, just with my school schedule and everything. I was able to work that in, but I didn't actually get like a ton of first form products until about two weeks out, like right before the layout dropped. Mm -hmm. And then I was on it. Like I was on everything from that point on. And they have a lot of cool little products that, you know, really help. I mean, no pun intended, just supplement your life. Like those OptiGreens that I know you've probably seen. Yeah, I've tried those. Or whatever. Mm -hmm. Dude, I've been drinking that every day. And I have yet to feel sick or just anything. Yeah. You know? And it, like just simple little things like that. Like getting like the full serving of like vegetables and all that good stuff that your body needs but doesn't always get you know all the time right. with like a regular diet like what we do every day but just being able to you know implement these little things in my diet and you know the just just everything they have like it, it I feel like it's helped me tremendously but um you know it all goes back to just cl- a clean diet and mm-hmm. it's funny. like, as soon as world cup ended, I started cheating a little bit, ate Chick-fil-A, like the past two weeks straight, you know, <laughs> and whatever, just whatever I want while continuing to, you know, work out and do the same thing. And mm-hmm. to tell you the truth, like I, I noticed a difference completely. Like as yeah. soon as I change and start cheating a little bit and start putting some processed stuff into my body, like you, it's night and day yeah. really. I've noticed it, but overall it's been awesome just the the entire first form family organization like they're amazing people extremely helpful my coach uh that david hooks me up with he reaches out all the time and you know i i completely support all the products 110 percent like i'm not just going to sit here and try and sell people because you know it's something to do like these these products have helped me yeah and i've been so glad that david kind of you know has been in the position where he is to kind of help us out a little bit with them and open that door and it's awesome it's awesome seeing a company like that kind of get into paintball a little bit like if you go to their their social media page and you see you know them giving houston heat shout outs and everything it's just cool to see you know just cool to see our our sport like on social media in a, a different realm other than just paintball you know
0: yeah, I like this. You know, stupid. I thought about this too. You know, I've I've been thinking about this for a while, um, and I talked a little bit uh, with David about it. But you know, with with Nike coming in, I see, and I wouldn't say coming in. That, that's the thing. It's like they're kind of dipping their toe in the pool. Yeah, they're testing the water a
1: little bit. They're that's testing it. the
0: water, and I and I don't know if sponsoring individual teams is. I mean, I can understand how sponsoring individual players or, or, or some teams that get more press or whatnot could possibly get the product out there. I understand that. But I've, I've always wondered why not try and sponsor the league and have a logo on a bunker constantly while this whole webcast is going on, anything like that. Because you're obviously trying to get pre- like You're trying to get ad space, yeah. right? You're trying to get press. Mm-hmm. And if you want this to be something like, I mean, I kind of related to NASCAR almost because I mean NASCAR you have the car the car is the billboard and it's on the screen all the time what is on the screen all the time the majority of the time when you're watching PayPal are, are, are the bunkers and if yeah. I, I've, I've always wondered why those companies haven't really maybe stepped at least knee-deep and contributed pennies on the dollar to them anyway contributed something like that to the league to be able to maybe help us go in the right direction to get some more notice, you know, is it, is it our fault? Is it the way we're shooting it? Is it, is it us not allowing them to come in? That that's always been the question that I've had is that why, why have we always sponsored, you know, why is Under Armour sponsored dynasty, but they don't want to put their name or their logo on a bunker or the same thing with Nike or the same thing with first form, you know, the first form is, is, is built off of an athletic mindset and, I mean, that's what we have in this sport. If you really look at the the top-end competitive side, I mean, we're all athletes. You know, any of these guys can play anywhere on the field. Uh, and, and what better way to promote a product that will put you on the high end? Because I've tried this stuff before, and I really enjoy it. I'm not much of a pre-workout guy, but I enjoy everything else in between,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the OptiGreens and everything. Um, and. And I, I just don't know why, where is the, is it, are they not trying to take a risk? Is there a risk with them going a little I bit deeper? But, but what's the, uh, what's the They just the loss? want to see a return.
1: Right. Yeah. They just want to see a return. Like that, that's the biggest thing they're going to invest. They want to see mm-hmm. something come back. And I mean, you know, as paintball players, we're, we're all guilty, but everything wants every, everybody wants everything for free, you know? So, yeah. You know, there, there's all kinds of things that are going back and forth with that, but I mean, who, who knows? Like maybe something in the future we we've seen over the years, like all kinds of different companies come in again. Like remember mm-hmm. when Intel sponsored uh dynasty, you yeah. know, and then rockstar and then all that stuff, we've seen all these huge companies come in and then they're, they're here for, you know, a minute and then they're gone. Why
0: didn't you know? they stick? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the question I'm trying Uh to answer, and that's that's. Yeah, I've got a lot of I got a lot of things going on right now. Um, I I probably not a lot. Probably just it makes me feel like there is a lot of things, um, that I'm involved in now. But it's, you know, there's a lot of questions that I haven't had to really uh, take on. But now I've been thinking about because we all want the sport to grow, Mm -hmm. right? We all want to grow with the sport, and how you know how do we do that? and that's that's what i'm trying to figure out because it's it's tough there's so many dimensions to it too because there's obviously our side right there's there's our competitive yes. side uh then you have the scenario side that a ton more people play and also what the public recognizes is is you know going out in the woods and playing and then you have the 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 entry level side where it's 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 a happy medium of they kind of play both ends they play they play on the scenario field and then every once in a while they get drug over to the to the speedball field it's not like they play speedball but they're over on there so they they kind of get they're just the entrance uh that the entry level but how do we bridge that gap to where we all can come together in some way and make this whole thing go public or 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 more mainstream than what we think it is yeah
1: that is the question. I don't know ten man, <laughs> mechanical ten man. I don't know. I don't uh, know. It's it is a tough question, but I think it, it kind of boils down to like how we film it as well. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, our our game is so hard to just for anyone to really understand or anyone new really right. to understand what exactly is going on on the field. Like you have to actually be playing competitive paintball to really digest or understand like the, the game that's really going on. And even then, I don't even think, you know, I like, even half the pro league truly understands like the game of paintball. If you stop a paintball game halfway through, I, I think there's, you know, it'll definitely that the pro division can definitely be separated if you can just stop a game and, have it broken down and someone can actually step up and say like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do in this situation. Hmm. You know? So, so on. Does that make sense? So on and so forth.
0: Do you mean like, you like physically in a match, be able to stop the match or are you just talking about being able to explain it? If a match
1: is, yes, explain. Like if you can stop a match, like halfway through, like something's going on, stop the match and have a player explain what needs to be done or, you know exactly what everyone's doing
0: from a, commentator, a commentator's perspective or like being mic'd up and going through and saying this is why I'm shooting this way or this is why see that's what that what I think is that I don't think we're explaining it very well and and by explaining it I mean I'm not saying Maddie and and Todd I'm not talking about that I maybe I may be saying like them along with better angled shots. You know, putting yes. cameras in better spots because from 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 our side view perspective from what we have, like the the hockey view or the football view, kind of where yes. it's, you know, the, the side. Yeah. It's hard for people to tell why you're shooting in one spot and why you're not. But if we can get if we can get more behind angles and see it's like there was a, a good camera angle from the um, I believe it was a snake corner. Um, and you you can kind of see tape side. You can kind of see down the tape and have a good idea of what's going on there. But if you turn inside, it kind of gets lost. And why are they turning? Where are they shooting? Yeah. And if we could put another camera somewhere else, it's, it's. I, I don't, this is how I've had to think about it, is that I, I don't think saying that it's hard to explain and, and saying that it can't be done is the answer. I think we say we just haven't found the right way to do it yet. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of what
1: I'm trying to get at. Exactly, you know, it's it's really it's really tough to explain what exactly is going on. Mm-hmm. And kind of going back to that point, like I, I don't like the game, the actual game that is going on. I think I think there is a a small percentage of people who actually truly know like the the game of paintball, what what needs to be done within a match, like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. You know, and that's really what separates like the divisions. Like I yeah. think a lot of lower divisional players, they're just kind of playing individual ball out there. Like, there's a lot of aspects of the game mm-hmm. that just people don't necessarily understand.
0: Yeah, you know what? I, you know what I think has kind of pushed that. I think it's been uh, ramping markers. Mm-hmm. I I really truly truly believe in my heart that that when they first did it when they first went to ramping they went, aha this this is it this is this is where we put we take out all the cheater boards and this is where we put everybody on the same level there's no more cheating everybody ramps up you know everybody gets a governor on their engine and everybody's going the same speed that's it which was great to begin with but the thing is with that when you have when you start going generations or, you know, or even three years of having kids come up only playing that their individual skills of, of, of knowing how to place paint or, or knowing how to hold somebody in rather than with one finger and everything, but actually being able to play the game at an individual level rather than just standing behind a machine gun. I think yeah. they start relying on that a lot more and not relying as much on themselves and their team. If that makes any sense, there's, I, I feel like there's no, a ton of individual skill lost um, now. And I think that's, that's your divisional differences coming up. I mean, we, we probably, we have a lot of guys playing semi-pro that have been around for a while. If you go down and you look at the semi-pro bracket, oh, for sure. there's a lot of veterans down there too, who've played for a long time, mm-hmm. um, who have, probably helped a lot of those kids and you know some of the newer kids that are on that on those teams um but a lot of those guys down there played when you didn't have to shoot ramping and uh, I think that has been I think that has been the difference and um I'm involved uh with this this whole new thing I don't know if you've heard it the uh the NpL, NPL. and we what we want to do is we want to try and bring back that individual skill mm-hmm we want to bring back the uh, the skill of the player. We want to we want to take away all the aids, all the assists, everything. We want to we want to start bringing back that. We want to start building teams back up. We don't want to compete with the NXL. We want to grow with paintball. We want to grow with the teams, and um, I mean that's that's our main goal. That's our main goal. We we don't want to change paintball history. We just want to maybe change the direction a little bit in the way that we think is the right way. You know, and I'm not saying that the NXL isn't going the right way. It's just, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with a different choice. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if all you have is one, a one-way street, but you have a dirt road over here and this one kind of the dirt road kind of looks intriguing. It might be a dirt road now, but it's eventually, you know, it could eventually be a shortcut or it could be, you know, a, a better way. Who knows? But I think we've just been kind of beating this one path where, you know, it's it's time to try something a little different. We'll see. But uh, but I'm, I'm excited because I think this is something that I wish I could have played in and been a part of maybe even as a player um, uh, with what we're doing. And I feel like it's going to bring a lot more competitiveness and individual skill and you're going to be seeing guys uh shot in not being able to hold a lane with their left hand or their off hand or however you want to say it uh you're going to have a lot more moving because of that uh i mean mm-hmm. how hard is it i mean obviously we've we've played long enough to where we can time somebody's somebody's laning or timing um even with a ramping marker we can time that as a front player and get through a lane sometimes we mm-hmm. don't but we have we've timed that shit um yes but but now just think how much not necessarily easier it's going to move because you're going to have to shoot your marker too but be able to to gunfight somebody quick and then and then jump over without them maybe you know hardly going in but then continually like i know you know what i'm talking about i'm trying to explain it for everybody else but it's like exactly they roll off but the marker's still going and they just come right back Mm -hmm. out and there's already they're still just they're shooting their yeah. bunker and everything; it just looks silly, ridiculous. I don't know why that, that it's like a pet peeve of mine when people shoot their bunker yeah. for some reason. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's bringing back that that subtleness of of the individual player actually doing these things without the assistance. And everybody's gonna have this whole thing of, "Well, you are gonna have cheater boards and this and that." I was like, we we've come so far uh, with technology that we're gonna be able to detect that shit. And if you're even going to try, there's, it's not going to be worth it because the the penalties that are going to be uh, assessed and everything, and it's not going to be worth it for you or the team. And we're going to have each player is going to be, uh, I'm not trying to lecture you about this or anything, but I'm just, I, I'm excited about it because it, it's uh, it, it's just something that uh, it's going to be cool. And it, you know, each player is going to be registered with a marker. So, you're going to be responsible for that marker. So when you register and you check in as a, uh, as a player, like we all do um, at the events, you're actually going to register with a marker. And if anything is, you know, out of whack with that marker or something, or, or it's deemed, you know, messed with, and you have, you're, you're shooting more or whatever. Exactly. exactly. Now you're, now you're responsible for that thing. So it's like, we're trying to make it as legit as possible. um, And then also just have all the teams grow with the league, so nice. that's Seven my fucking lecture. Uh, no, actually, it's going to be um, halved, old school X ball with penalties, penalty boxes, and um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's going to be no coaching, no coach. <laughs> Fuck, no coaching. Are you okay, kidding? I'm making oh sure. God, I think no I honestly
1: think that was the best thing to ever happen to the game when they when they took because they they first took away coaching from the Dorito side, mm-hmm. and then later on implemented no coaching to the Snake side couple years later I think that was one of the best things they could have ever done for the game
0: I wonder what their reasoning yeah. behind introducing it was I don't know I mean because no. you, you couldn't coach in 7 man you couldn't coach in 10 man Um, in the did they did they integrate that when they came out with X-Ball I
1: want to say so X-Ball was created in 2003 I, I think I think that was part of it yeah coaching from both sides and maybe to be just different from the MPPL, you know?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I, I, I know the, 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 um, uh, crowd interaction was great. Mm-hmm. It, it was, that's yeah. the one that when the crowd can get into it and you can really hear everybody and everything. That's, that's awesome. But it paintball is that game where it's just like you're played hide and seek and you really don't want that guy. <laughs> like, Oh, it's oh, like, um, Oh. Do you remember the match against Joy Division and Dynasty in the seven-man match? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah,
1: dude, uh, yeah, San Diego, 2006,
0: I believe. Yeah,
1: uh, the one where yeah the guy ran down Alex, and then everybody was just overshooting everyone. Yeah, and BC c- comes through, bunkers <laughs> yeah. the guy, and yep. then Sipon or whoever comes mm-hmm. around and blows him up. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Dirt Three free agent like <laughs> 300 times. Yeah, and I remember what that was. That was right when I had started playing paintball, and that was like, you know, what everyone was talking about. You know, around that time because I started in about the fall of two thousand six. Yeah, and that was then. That was that was when that paint that tournament happened, and Dynasty was on top of the world, and you know,
0: yeah, that was that. good times, man. For, from two thousand four, two thousand four, two thousand five to like two thousand eight. 2008 2009 that was those were the years at least for me they were they were like that was solid paintball, I mean, man yeah
1: looking back on it i feel like those were really the golden years of x-ball because i mean look at look at what you had i mean and seven i man. feel like yeah and dynasty had made that climb they were one of the top teams but then you had the russian legion mm-hmm. as well oliver had gone from dynasty back to the iron man the iron man rebuild then yeah you know, you had a lot of contenders all around, excessive when you were on it. They they were a contender right then for a little bit. You saw a lot of teams in that time frame kind of just like, do this, you know? Uh-huh. Kind of just come out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, X Factor came around in 2006, started giving everybody a run for their money, yeah. you know, and then started winning in 2007. Um, you know, you saw Aftermath make the climb in those years as well. Saw a lot of great teams in that era I, I i truly feel like that was that was the the golden era just because it was so competitive back then and now and i not to say that it's not nowadays i mean yeah. it's just it's a different it's a completely different ball game you know it's a lot more technical in a sense now yeah a little bit slower rather than just you know back then it, you had so much freedom to be just creative yeah. and just try things you know
0: yeah so and i think that's what made I think that's what made it exciting uh, back mm-hmm. then. And I think the excitement today um, is more or less f- just, I guess seeing, I don't know, playing, I guess. I, I really don't know how exciting it is as, as the spectator. I mean, we watched as we, yeah. we watch tape, right? And mm-hmm. I'm sure being in those stands on Sunday, you know, afternoons and, and watching a match is, is pretty exciting, but for, uh, for the most part, man, it's like you see a lot of teams like they're waiting around to get shot. Like nobody wants to take Mm -hmm. that risk anymore and nobody wants to try things anymore. And it's, yeah, I don't know. And I, I can understand it, man. You know, everybody wants to win and, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure on people to, to perform. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're the guy going out there, that's the tough part with front guys, man. You know, we're supposed to go out there and perform, but we're also supposed to go out there and not get shot. Yeah, you're uh, supposed to
1: make it happen, but you're also supposed yeah. to not get shot. Yeah, so go you out to there and the happy medium.
0: Yeah. go out there and make the move, uh, make something happen, don't but get don't get shot. get shot. Make sure you shoot everybody else. Don't get shot. Uh, you know, get to their side. Don't get shot, and shoot everybody else. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sounds kind easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds easy until you do it, and you're playing against some of the best players in the world who just don't miss. You know? Yeah. Who? Oh, dude, <laughs> so, the shots. Yeah. The, the
0: the shots are insane.
1: Yeah. There's so much that goes into it, but that's what yeah. makes the sport beautiful. You know, there's so many different layers to, you know, the onion, I guess you could say. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah. You
0: know, so let's, let's go back to, um, when you started. So yeah. where, start where originally are you from? Yeah.
1: I'm originally from Slidell, Louisiana, uh, born and raised, um, grew up, you know, over there discovered paintball when I was, I want to say 12 or 13 years old. Finally convinced my dad. I hadn't seen it on TV a couple times. I had heard. Uh, I had played soccer for years yeah. before this, and um traveled, did all that thing, did all that stuff, and I uh, just heard my. I remember being at a practice, and I heard my teammates talking about like a, a birthday party, paintball party, you know. And I'll uh, yeah, we'll do it yeah and i kind (laughs) of wanted to get involved and i remember talking to my dad and convinced him to bring me after one of our games one weekend and got there like an hour before closing time right yeah um like at four o'clock when most fields close at five or whatever and there was like one guy out there and i'll never forget mr marty who still plays to this day he's a navy seal retired navy seal i believe shout out mr marty uh, yeah shout out so uh he took me out there, and we played one-on-ones, and I'll never forget. He uh, First time I ever got shot, he just shot me in the foot from, like, across the field with his little <laughs> spider. He uses, like, a two-inch barrel on it, man. I, it's crazy. Still uses the same gun to this day. Uh, he shot me, and I was hooked ever since. And it became an every-weekend thing, you know? And I think my dad just really wanted to get me off the Xbox you know playing halo (laughs) and call of duty all day yeah you know so that kind of just you know it blocks them into something so much more and it gets deeper you know uh sean mcdonald one of your old teammates crunchy uh yeah crunch born and raised in Slido, louisiana too he was hitting his stride um around the time that i started playing and this was in Early fall of 2006. So when he was, when he made that debut on Excessive with You, mm-hmm. at the 2006 World Cup after the team imploded and they lost all the the guy, everybody went back to infamous Glenn yeah. Takamoto, Davey Williamson. Well, Davey Williamson was a dynasty. But, you know, yeah, Glenn Takamoto, Rusty Glaze, Dave Baines left, all those guys. Um, I, I
0: ended up going to he, Avalanche.
1: Yeah, right yeah. after that. But y'all played that World Cup together. Mm hmm um and uh we befriended each other and before you know it he he took me under his wing and man I shit you not it was like karate kid he'd pick me up in the morning like seven in the morning in his 350z and we'd go out to the paintball field and be snap shooting at poles he'd be taking through taking me through progression drills explaining to me like rocket science and I I didn't know any of this mm-hmm. you know I was just a kid kind of just being molded by him and i had all the all the talents you know all the athletic ability and whatnot and he take he took me from a very like raw form and re- really molded me in a sense and it was funny like i think him and mouse had a running bet whether or not uh he could get me to play pro and sure enough man Pay years up down mouse. The line got, yeah right years <laughs> down the line got my shot with x-factor and the rest is history yeah, but this was 2006, um, and from like 2006 to 2007, I was like really getting, or I had started in 2006. I was really getting into it, but by 2008, um, after he had retired, you were back on avalanche by then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, by 2008, I was I was really getting into the swing of things. I was playing three man tournaments. Um, you know, I were was. You weren't on a team yet. I wasn't really on a team. Like I was on a little. Th- three-man team dude the louisiana scene was dead yeah like really dead back then so and i grew up at la extreme paintball shout out to drew bankston uh you know i i grew up out there and the scene was kind of you know it was kind of torn louisiana scene today is still rebuilding and i do a lot of work over there trying to you know help it grow more mm-hmm. and more but it was it was very it was very clicked up you know uh the scene back then because you had the the rocket kids warped army guys um over at paintball command over in abita springs louisiana and i'm over here in slide l and the fields were kind of split like you know so everybody everybody's kind of doing their own thing and i started playing three man uh on a little team and i played my my first my first big tournament was world cup 2008 and I played D two five man with Dark Army, which I know you played with Gerwin Hin, yeah, uh, or Roger Hin, Roger Hin, and Roger Gohan was Hinn, nasty, obviously. dude. But yeah, Roger was nasty, yeah. and uh, I'll get to him in a second. <laughs> but he, uh, I played for some of uh, some some guys from their field, SWAT paintball, in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. We played together. Uh, with some friends of mine, five man at World Cup 2008, and that was my first taste. And then going into the next year in 2009, I uh, Sean actually got me a tryout with the Palm Beach Vipers, and I played on one of their Division Two teams. Um, but yeah, like the the Louisiana scene, it was hard, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like today, like a lot of these kids are spoiled because the scene the scenes are just. You know they're a little more developed, and when the economy hit that recession in 2009, uh, even like late 2008, like mm-hmm. everything tanked. Yeah. So it was it was hard for a little while, and you know when when I finally got my chance with X Factor, I knew I had to take it. Oh yeah. I knew I had to move out. I knew I had to move out to Texas and be a part of that scene, and just that was that with experience.
0: the tryout, the the roster tryout, right?
1: Yeah, that was in 2012. So I know I'm kind of jumping all over the no, place. No, it's alright. Tarantino over here just cutting up the story, (laughs) chopping it up. It'll all make sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, like it it was really hard in Louisiana. So I was kind of bouncing around, you know, I would go out to swap paintball some weekends and, you know, play against, uh, Roger and Gerwin and get my shit just pushed in. I would go, I would practice with, um, the, the Wart army guys, which basically the rocket kids. Uh, they were over at paintball command and I would do seven man practices over there. And that's when I first discovered my love for seven man. Cause they, that was like the only field that had like a seven man set up because the team actually played seven man strictly. Mm-hmm. So I would go over there and I would kind of mix in with them and play against them with, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the other teams that were out there who just needed some extra bodies, you know, yeah. and I would consistently do that. And drew bell, Stuart Ridgell, all those guys, Anton Lavrovitz, he, like, all those guys really helped me tremendously, and, you know, it's so funny, Drew Bell actually hit me up the other day, he's like, hey, man, when you get back into town, let's do drills at LAX, so, (laughs) like, get back on the horse with him, Uh, I think that was one of your teammates on Avalanche, uh, for a little while, he was, he
0: was, yeah, he came later in the,
1: later in the, Uh, yeah, yeah, He came around later but that was one of my old sparring partners man you know because crunch at this time you know he he had mentored me for the longest time and while that was all going on he was you know a deckhand training to become a tugboat captain you know which is the career path he yeah that was the career path he took after paintball and uh this was from like 2008 to 2000 like 11 12 that like we were kind of going back and forth and Eventually he he kind of got on the boat full time, so I wasn't I wasn't able to you know play with him as much.
0: Well, he jumped on Ironman, grew- didn't he?
1: He was on the Ironman in 2007, and then 2008 he retired. Yeah, he was out like to off season 2007 he was done. Yeah, he was. I I believe the story he was kind of talking to, to aftermath because aftermath made the jump to pro for the 2008 season mm-hmm. along with Tampa Bay Damage and uh avalanche came into the scene y'all played uh, you danny tiljack Randy mayo all those guys uh roger y'all made the jump to pro from semi-pro after y'all won the world cup in 2007 mm-hmm. right so all that whole and inf- that happened but sean stepped out started doing the tugboat thing and now he's doing that but he was strictly just like playing with me like he would come out on weekends or whatever and we do drills together so i'm I'm like 16, 17 years old, playing one on ones consistently with Sean McDonald. Yeah. And I mean, he wasn't too rusty. He'd be running me down. <laughs> I mean, dude, it was it was rough, and he'd shoot the shit out of me. Yeah. You know, I remember one day like I had, I was playing for the Palm Beach Vipers at the time, and it was like raining, and we played on we we played on this hyperball field like all the time, man. We like he trained me on a hyperball field. Yeah. Like, no joke. So, like, I'd I'd go out and play airball, like, on weekends when I could. But, like, my drills, my snap, like, running and shooting, snap shooting, all this stuff, I'm, like, snap shooting at poles, running around on this, like, legendary hyperball field in Slidell, Louisiana. Just, you know, grinding, dude. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'll, to this day, I preach fundamentals all the time. Like, if you get that on point, like, it eventually gets to the point when, like, things get easy. And just people can't fuck with you, you know? Yeah. And
0: I'm a big advocate for uh, accuracy over everything. Exactly.
1: And I think it's a skill that uh, many people kind of take for granted. Like how, like, accuracy.
0: Yep. It's all accuracy by volume over. now yeah. with the ramping. Yeah, it's accuracy ramp-
1: by volume, 100%. Yeah. But that first ball, especially in pro, is everything. Oh, yeah. It's everything. It's getting that guy to flinch just enough to where you can make that move.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's why I, I every, every clinic... All the guys I work with, everything I preach, progression drills, especially before a tournament. If you know those shots, if you know those guys, you need to put in. You can hit that shot with the first ball, makes your job tremendously easier. Because yeah. then at that point, all you have to do is be an athlete, right? Get to the spot, you know. Mm-hmm. Get to the spot, stay alive, you know.
0: Yeah, it's but, a, it, um, it's, it's it's exactly that. Whenever I did, um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's exactly that. Like whenever you, whenever I've done a uh, a clinic. I go no matter who you are, where where you are divisionally or whatever, I go back down to the basics and mm-hmm. I go, all right, let's let's do some snap shooting, let's do some laning let's do let's do let's get the basics down and I, I want to make sure that you guys are doing these right and yeah. then we will progress throughout the the day or throughout the weekend to where I where I think you guys should be you know or what to what yeah. you guys, what you should know and um you know so i'm sure some take it as oh my god who is that? but but if you don't have a good foundation exactly the building yeah, going to crumble there's crumb. so many fundamental flaws
1: there's yeah. so many fundamental flaws in a lot of divisional players nowadays that just you know you, you got to pay the toll eventually you mm-hmm. know and I, a lot of it uh, I, I see just sloppy play just decides divisional games all the time yeah. and, i mean out here in texas we have the us xbl and we have all these all these leagues all over the place, and uh-huh. I see it all the time. I'm I'm coaching teams out here. I coach Grit. I'm coaching Notorious this weekend for right. the Star Series, AC Dallas's uh, series they have up in Epic Paintball Fit in Dallas. So I I see things all the time, and I preach to people consistently. Like it boils down to fundamentals half the time. You can shoot off the break if you can shoot a guy off the break right away. Make it a five on four. Like that could be the game right there. Yeah, just at at. at like in the simplest form but you know
0: mm-hmm. that, well and imagine now doing that in semi-auto actually yeah. having to pull the trigger enough times and with accuracy on top of that rather than you know yeah. pulling the trigger a couple times and now the gun's going to shoot by itself and now you do, all you got to do is aim the barrel but you know those it's like just basic shit basic shit go back really to the is. basic shit that that really created is. these these paintball players uh-huh. And then you work on
1: communication. You you build on that. Mm-hmm. Like with with all the clinics I do, it, it really it it boils down to an understanding of how how to use your teammates with you. You know, because mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you break down paintball, yeah, it's a five on five. But more often than not, every tournament it's a two on two with each, on each side with a guy in the middle, Absolutely. or with these layouts we've been seeing lately, it's three on three on the snake side with. A two-on-two <laughs> going on on the Dorito side, you know, and mass chaos. Yeah, but I mean, it, it really is fundamental. It really is just with everything. But
0: yeah, it's correct. You know, and, and eventually it comes down to uh, you know, it's like we said. You know, it, there that accuracy comes into play, and then beca- and then the athlete comes into play, and then as you get older, the situational play comes in, and the, all that is is just decision making. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And that goes back to my point before when I was just saying like pause the game and having people be able to explain what needs to happen. What's actually going on like it's that uh-huh. like, what 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 is really going on on the field. Like can you explain this particular situation. It's that kind of stuff and that's when players jump from one tier to the next tier. Yeah.
0: You know it's, it's knowing when to act or react.
1: Uh-huh. And I think players, they, they build that in the upper divisions of paintball. And then, you know, when you're ready, make that jump to pro. But you see a lot of kids get in. I did too. I got thrown into, into pro. I feel like to this day, I went pro on gun skills and athleticism alone. And, you know, I, I wasn't ready when I was originally on X factor. Like I, I knew how to be a scud missile. I knew how to mm-hmm. go to their end of the snake and pop up. And hopefully there's four backs right there. Cause I'm yeah. just going to tear up everybody. But when you start getting into those situations where you have to kind of figure it out, you have to stay alive. You have to use your teammates. You have to slow down. You have to play the flow of the game because it's right. going to speed up and it's going to slow down. You know, situation is mm-hmm. going to break down, and you're going to have to pull bodies back, or you're going to have to, you know, play out stuff, work together. So yeah, there's so much that goes into it.
0: Yeah, and so as, a, as oh, I was going to say, as a as an indiv- individual player too, uh, you're gonna change throughout you know, throughout your career and throughout, you know, not just you, uh, you know, people who play the sport, like myself, I enjoyed when I was younger, I enjoyed going really, really far. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. going really far, going as far down the field as possible on a snake side or whatever, really quickly shooting guys in the back, trying to shoot as many as possible. And then, you know, if I get shot, at least I took some with me now, or at least up until now, um, what i've liked to do is i'd like to play the game a little bit and kind of challenge myself in the middle of the game where it's like uh you know if there's a ladder snake it's like oh jesus christ like it, anybody can play a fucking ladder snake yeah you can shoot the tape and then you just go and then you go and you go it's like there's yeah. no there's no thinking to it but if you start putting gaps in between you can start finding kind of these little spots that you can kind of weave around and into you can be creative you can be, be start, creative you know. Yeah, and but that's where and so I was like I want to start doing that. I want to start being more creative and start thinking about mm-hmm. things a little bit more rather than go here, go all the way down shoot, which there's a time and place for. There's always, mm-hmm. and and when when I was younger and still occasionally, you know, n- nowadays, but uh, when I was younger, that was my job and I and I respected what my job was. You know, on excessive and 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 these these early teams that I played on, I understood what my job was and I did it without a complication. But I think as I matured as a person and as a player, um, and my roles had changed on different teams that I went on, you just kind of adapt into that new role of whatever you're playing. Um, it might be now you have to play. Look 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 at Marcelo for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Marcelo started out as. Uh, the one on the Dorito side exactly he was the one he was the one going down the field now i don't know if it's a uh you know if it's by choice for him to kind of play now the the two and uh, maybe maybe sometimes a little bit further back i don't know if it's by choice or if it's because of his uh knee issues uh which your knees are everything if you're a front player you know as you know um but he's kind of had to on dynasty now take on that different role of that 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 too, and uh, he's really kind of embraced that and become that, that different player, mm-hmm. um, but you've kind of always been in the mix, you, you've kind of always been, you know, up front, uh, getting really close to people.
1: Yeah, I've since I've come into the league, I've found myself doing the same thing, you and I have, kind of get put into the same category, just scud missile. You I will I mean? retire before I play yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, right, I mean, and I, I,
0: have, I have no
1: problem being back there, but yeah. I just... I, I find myself just doing what I've I've always done and just I'm head down running far somewhere just gun battling and then playing race to the 50 you know trying to get onto their side
0: yeah man I don't know why it's like shooting my gun a lot is not fun to me yeah. like it, it's weird like I've I've gone only just a handful of games um, these past a while actually without even shooting a a whole loader and at least getting, you know, it's it's just, it's weird. It's me. It's like who I am. I'll, I'll get down the field with, with only a loader. And while there's still four guys alive or whatever, I'll just figure out a way to do it. Um, but I mean, but I can look at it as, you know, was that always beneficial? Probably not. I probably could have shot my gun a lot more, but that just, I think it's kind of one of those old dog and new tricks thing where it's just like, that's just kind of how, how I've always played. And, it is what it is.
1: I think it's I think it's with the field nowadays too, because I mean if you look if you look at you know what they've been doing with these field layouts besides obviously Atlantic City this year. But uh, I missed that. For man. the most part the fields yeah. Yeah. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was just slow. They put a yeah. the car wash for the back center, man. I mean, come on, dude. But um for the most part the fields have been cluttered. Like if you Dallas, it was like a wall mm-hmm. just across the front line. You know, and these last two layouts, like a World Cup, like if you got into the 50 snake, you didn't really shoot anybody across field. It was really a heads up gunfight, and then once you got onto their side, like you would have to start, you would have to get to the 50 and wrap to For really find really people. But you couldn't just get to the 50 and like look inside. And the same, like with all that, and the same on the Dorito side, like you know, when you when you got to the 50s or even their side, you know, you you had some backs on the real side but it wasn't like you could roll into one spot and shoot like three or four guys instantly right you know you had to get on the tapes wrap and then get to their end and try and peel guys off mm-hmm. and chicago chicago was somewhat similar you it was know? dicey and yeah it was dicey i really like chicago this year that was yeah. a good one
0: it was fun it, it had that old school feel to it that old school x-ball feel of just yeah. bloody knuckles I love it. Honestly, <laughs> that's why I don't. That's why I don't wear gloves, man. I, I wear those things as battle scars. I was like, I'll I'll get close to people, man. I'll get my knuckles blown off, but I'll guarantee you, I'll blow some fucking necks apart, and some knuckles it with it. it. Yeah,
1: and that's like why. I mean, like we, like I said, we kind of have gotten thrown into that that same role. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like I've already, I've always had that inst- those instincts, you know, and that yeah. just that killer mentality, you know, to go down the field. And this all goes back to the stuff I, I used to work on as a kid, like just dialing in the fundamentals and all that and using yeah. my athletics to get down the field. as i played more and more and, you know, gotten my pro experience, you know, you start to you start to learn like when to slow down, you know, how to play the flow of the game. Yeah. And use your use your teammates when you get into those hairy situations, mm-hmm. which I feel like I've been able to do that a little bit more over this, this latter half of this past year. And I mean, I felt like I learned a ton on AC Dallas, but um it's been, it's, it, I've, I feel like I've really progressed over these past two seasons, just on with an understanding of what's actually going on with the game yeah. and how I can apply my talents to the situation. But just, yeah, that that role is just fun. I mean, I, yeah. I'd love to be able to put the two, but I
0: always get <laughs> well. I always I'm it I'm, I'm always so much uh, more accurate whenever I'm closer. So that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I always think of it. I have a way <laughs> yeah. better chance of shooting you when I get really close rather than really far away.
1: Yeah, it's always nice when you you pop up on their side of the field and that guy's just doing a job and has no clue, you like, know where you are, and then you just boop boop just eat his just lunch. a couple.
0: That, see yeah. for me too like I I don't get a ton of enjoyment like sometimes yeah like i'll I'll lay into a guy when something when when it yeah. needs to happen I will but there's just something about just throwing two balls out and just like just seeing the two yeah. just on the goggle yeah. or, or even just Working. even just one in the back or something like that and just go to yeah. the next person it's like I don't need to, I don't need to waste my paint on you bro yeah. I'll I'll just yeah. all it takes is one. Hopefully it breaks, but you know, I'm moving yeah. on. but, uh, um, it's probably I, a little bit more embarrassing when it's just a couple, you just get dotted up real quick
1: with your set of oh, eyes and you're man. just like,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you get, and you know, the cameras on you, <laughs> you get the reaction. when somebody gets shot to shit, you get the reaction like, Ooh, or the, like, like, Oh, yeah. you know that reaction. Yeah. But when somebody gets shot with one ball or it's like a good shot, it's like, Ooh, you know, you get that yeah, whole thing. Wild. Yeah. That's, I, I like those. Um, I had a uh, so question for you. Um, what what is the big difference playing on AC Dallas rather than or or let's say what's the, what's the big difference playing on X Factor rather than AC Dallas? Like where where do the differences lie, and uh, and why did you make that jump? Well, I
1: the entire time I spent three years with AC or within the AC program, and mm-hmm. then uh, that last year. I uh played pro with them um it was it kind of came down to just commitment and I've lived in San Antonio this entire time I've lived in San Antonio for the past six years yeah Uh, and it just it became extremely difficult you know and I just recently started going to school again got about 18 hours left on my communications degree from UTSA so it was just like a commitment thing and i I got a great offer to go back to a team that I initially left who it's not like these guys weren't ever, not my friends, you uh-huh. know, like we've maintained incredible relationships over the past few years. And you know, when, when I finally got the call to come back, it was kind of just like, okay, clean slate can do this all over again. Cause dude, I left X factor right before they won the world cup. And yeah. I sat there and I watched them on the webcast win the World Cup, just thinking like, shit, man, I could have been there. But, uh, you know, it's something I've kind of held with me and I wanted to I wanted to be able to come back and, you know, win one with the boys. But it was just it, – it was kind of like, okay, I could go back and right some of my wrongs and start off on a clean slate and be the player I know I can be mm-hmm. for that team, you know? And um, it was just – it was a it was a new opportunity and it was it was something that I kinda felt in my heart that I wanted to I wanted to make right.
0: Yeah and
1: you know, Alex Martinez has been like a father to me, a second father to me for a while now. Amazing he's always taking care of me. Yep. Yes. Absolutely amazing. Like dude, when I saw y'all embrace that cup, you know, that was after our game, like that was a powerful moment. Like I, I look back and I saw that and I was like, Wow, dude. Like
0: yeah.
1: there's so much love and respect that man like i could i could sit here for another hour just talking about him
0: absolutely but
1: um no nah, man it, it just being like nothing against the ac guys because those guys still to this day some of my great friends and i will forever respect and oh greg Pauly like a lot for like just helping me go from here to there because when i left x like i i needed some direction like uh-huh. i played division one with ryan cohen who was my roommate when I originally moved down here and we never got to play with each other on X factor just because when he left to go to law school, I kind of took his spot and then just ran with it. And then that's where my journey with X began. And when I left the team, he wanted to play again because he was getting to the point in law school where he, he had some time he could juggle and he could play a few tournaments. So we went off and we played division one in 2014 the year you came back and played on an aftershock and, um, you know we, we had fun together, but at the end of the year, like the team kind of fell apart, uh, and you know he was getting out of it, and I wanted to continue going, and um, an opportunity arose with AC Dallas, and I took it, and it ended up being one of the best things that could have ever happened for me because I spent two years playing Division One, and I figured out how to play paintball, mm-hmm. I figured out my job, I figured out my role, I was given a system that I could take and run with. Because, I mean, Greg knows what he's doing. Like, I, I don't have to sit here and explain for all the viewers, you know, what exactly goes, in, goes into paintball. But he, he has created a system that has truly helped. I feel like it's helped everyone who's ever played for that organization. Yeah. Because once you once you learn it and once you kind of start understanding your role and what needs to happen, like, you, you kind of go from here to there and you start seeing, really – how paintball is supposed to be played and the whole team aspect of it. And I guess that kind of brings me to my next point uh just with AC Dallas, like the difference between X and them. Dude, they are so just organized, I mean, just boiling down to the playbook and everything they do. But like there's it's it's so slow methodical. Like I mean, we've we've watched AC Dallas over the the past few years coming to the league and kind of use I don't want to say like strange ball Do you remember detroit strange mm-hmm. how they used to you know like really use the clock and you know slow the slow methodical you know play style but that's what they do dude they they yeah. rely on their shooters which they have great shooters and they have one of the strongest back lines in the league between the jackson brothers and tj
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know they've they can really you know grind a team down and work people out and you know pick guys off just baiting people into moves you yeah. know and using each other working off of each other and then you add Brad McCurley one of my great friends into the mix you know smart methodical player he's been a, he's been a a stud for a while on infamous All right you added him to the fold and then you know you have him and TJ on the dorito side working together cohesively just putting things together and it's a strong team man and i mean they're they're very well coached like I said, very slow methodical play style, you know, and then you go to X factor who is a little bit more balls to the wall. I mean, obviously Sunday paintball, you see it slow down, right? Like, that's just what happens. But you've played on X factor. Uh, I think it's more like a reaction, you know, like X factor kind of just sets the tone. We come mm-hmm. out, we do, we do what we want on the field and we try to impose our will. Yeah. Um, I think that's the best way I can explain it. Um, you know, AC Dallas
0: is just a little bit more slow, slow, methodical. You know? And I think both strategies work and don't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and, it, it's and you've kinda... seen that. I think we've seen that throughout the years where it's like uh, X Factor with their style gets to, you know, gets to Sunday consistently. And but just can't really – the gameplay or whatever it is can't really make that last jump gets right there. Yeah. it's The same thing with AC Dallas there and their gameplay is, is pretty different. You know what I mean? Compared to, compared to X factor Um, I think for the most part, but then their gameplay also gets right about there, but then they just mm-hmm. can't make that hump. Now, whatever that is, I don't know what it is. Um, because, I mean, it's the little
1: things. I mean, really, when yeah. you get into it on Sunday, it is the tiniest of mistakes, and I mean mm-hmm. that—that's just that's what comes with playing on the highest level of any sport. And if, right. if you want to start nitpicking and looking at, you know, what really goes on, it's the small little bullshit mistakes. Really, it's the little ticky tack stuff. You know, yeah. like guy. And I mean, going back to our match against AC Dallas at World Cup they shot like two of us off the break the first two points and then the third point we play against them they shoot Billy off the break going to the snake yeah. and then it grinds down and i believe it became a it was like a one on two for a while and we just like killed a bunch of time and then we had to come back and it was like too little too late at that point but yeah. it it really is the like very small things you know and like going back to chicago we we First game on Sunday, we blow out Impact seven to one, and then we play the Russians, and it's a back and forth battle. Yeah, you know, and it came down to the last second, and then we go into overtime, have a have a bad breakout, and two of us get shot off the break, and that's the game (sighs) because on that layout, you know, yeah, two bodies peel off on the snake side, I just go straight to the fifty snake, starts wrapping, and just traps that guy right. Mm -hmm. The rest of the team follows up, and then. You know, everybody just gets picked off, but it's, man, it's little things. It really is.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? but uh, See, it's weird with paintball too. It's, it's, it's a little things, but then it's also luck because how many times have those guys been probably shooting probably that sick. lane? Yeah, it's like, how many times have those guys been shooting that lane and missing people? And then all of a sudden okay. in overtime, in that particular moment, they were able to pull the trigger at the right time, aim their barrel at the right time. And just so happens they shoot two guys. Yeah. So so it, much
1: of it is luck. I mean, dude, there's the so much more
0: luck than I think.
1: The, yeah, the refs can decide half the game right there. If a guy, yeah. you know, decides, yeah, I mean, cheating, like all kinds of stuff comes into play, man. Mm-hmm. But that's just part of the game. You know? Yeah.
0: And I've heard a lot of people, um, you know, and we and we have a lot of, you know, we talk about a lot of the stuff that we uh, encounter on the pro field but a lot of people in the divisional fields are encountering the same thing and I, I i don't think we hear about it um, of like people getting screwed over by penalties all the time on the di- on, I mean, dude yeah it happens
1: the- it happens like i i was in divisional paintball for a while and yeah. dude a bad call from one ref can decide the entire match
0: really I, I, I know a few people who went to cup and they were playing on a divisional team And I, and I heard that they had one call that was turned or that wasn't turned, but it was called and they go all that way and spend all that money and they get that far. And then one, one call like puts it all away. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh my God. I mean, I guess the same things in the, in the, in the pro league as well, but you know, we have, uh, the webcast. You know we have some sort of instant replay to be able to look at it a little bit further we have the the persuasion not necessarily the persuasion but maybe the little extra time to be able to talk to trozen or whoever and be like hey mm-hmm. man you know let's can we can we figure this out on the divisional yeah. side as far as i know it's not really like that i mean it's it's whatever there's happens no happens yeah, yeah there's pff, good luck man.
1: yeah and half the time it's like even if the rep does make a bad call he can't really overturn it or anything half the time they don't and they're just like sorry buddy good luck next time you know
0: (laughs) yeah and that's why i think (laughs) i I, I think there's so much more responsibility on the ref shoulders than what they than what they think um and and i hope you know yeah i hope any refs that that are out there if they're listening um even though i I, we know that you're out there and you know you're out there all day it fucking sucks i under i understand that but you're reffing a paintball match where where every point matters. Every point matters. Every situation matters. And if and, and if you're not if you're just not feeling it and you miss a call or if you make the wrong call and you're just so you're nonchalant and you're like, eh, whatever, well, yeah, whatever. Like that that you you're you could possibly be shutting a team out and, and sending them home because you fucking don't feel like reffing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it happens all the time.
0: Yeah. I don't know how I I'm got to even that. Gonna but lie. i not even going to I,
1: I, I, I rafted in the USXBL for a while, you mm-hmm. know, playing when I was playing on Diesel and see it all the time. I've made mistakes. Dude, yeah. refing paintball is hard, man. It Absolutely. It really is. When you're out there all day long, like people, people don't understand. It's grueling, dude. And yeah. you're getting shot up you know, dude, shit happens, you know? but, <laughs> yeah, but it's another off, thing when you don't, don't care be there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's another exactly. thing when you don't it care is. and it, it, you know, if I, I understand it sucks, but you have to have, there, there, there needs to be some kind of separation where it's like you're getting paid to be there and you're, you're there it, yeah. to be so. responsible and maybe not necessarily make the right calls all the time, but you have to at least be in the moment and just mm-hmm. put effort into that minute and a half that you have mm-hmm. of when the average point is going on. W- just be in the moment for that. And then fuck off in the, in, you know, in the points in between, do whatever. But I, it's, there's so much more depending on the refs than what they think. I, I, I think. Um, yeah. I'm not taking anything away. I'm not saying they fucking suck or they they're shit or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? No. It's it's like it's just they. I'm with you. Yeah, and it's happened. It's happened to plenty of players, plenty of teams, all over the place, by mistake and possibly on purpose. I don't know.
1: At some point in everyone's paintball career, you will have a bad experience with refs, and you also have a good experience. You know, yeah. when things just go your way,
0: you mm-hmm. get the call.
1: You know. You get shot in the face and the ref wipes you off, you know, something, something done, you know, but
0: (laughs) yeah, dude, as a, as as a pro player, as a pro player, you know, too, where all the refs are standing. Who's going to be seeing you? What's going on? I'm not saying that I have cheated in the, I've gotten away with things, but, as a player as an as a an older player, and you know this too, is like you'll you'll know where, where rest are standing. You know when mm-hmm. who's gonna be looking at you and who's not and you it's know part of the game. It's part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But but yeah.
1: Going back to my story though,
0: Yes, please.
1: Uh, I know I know you're gonna you're gonna edit this all around, but uh
0: Oh no, this is going this is going how it is. I don't. Ed- how it is. I don't. Yeah, I don't edit these as all pretty much at all. All I do is throw ads on.
1: Oh, perfect. <laughs> so um... people like all that shit. So I like <laughs> yeah. it too. So in two thousand nine, I went over to the Palm Beach Vipers, mm-hmm. and that was that was another crazy experience. So I was just, you know, it, it, it was a it was brand new for me. I was playing with you know, a bunch of guys I had recently met and it was, it was a large growing experience and it Mm -hmm. was something that, you know, I, I appreciate now more than anything because I was, I was one of the kids that didn't really fit in within that organization. You know what I mean? I felt like I kind of got the short end of the stick and many instances and just kind of got shit on, but I kind of, I, at the same time I did it to myself, I was, I was awkward weird kid for the longest time (laughs) but uh that was that was an incredible learning experience and i met some really great friends through that and it was cool because in 2009 kyle Spica was actually still playing for the palm beach vipers on the pro team so that was like my first interaction with him
0: i've heard of that guy you
1: know yeah yeah (laughs) pretty good player he's all right (laughs) but uh no and then i i ended up kind of going my separate ways from the team halfway through 2010. And the guys I was playing with uh, on that Palm Beach Vipers line, they created another team called Zulu Warriors, which a lot of those guys ended up going to play for CEP and then now uh, PC Katana.
0: Oh, really? um, That's them?
1: Yeah, Colin Cherry, Logan Landry, a lot of those guys I I played with for a little while. But um, I got away – From uh that team at the end of two thousand ten. Or I played one event with them, World Cup 2010. Mm -hmm. And um it was cool. I remember I remember watching an X Factor Division One game when they had their semi or their semi pro team and being right next to Grayson on the sidelines and seeing him coaching that team and thinking, Oh wow, that's Grayson Goff. And then the next year Crunch sends me off on a tryout for X Factor. Mm -hmm. And this is in two thousand eleven when alex who he was going through his divorce and everything he was getting back into the swing of things on the uh, you know, with the team like yeah. full time and archie was coming back from dynasty dixon was coming back onto the team so like the band was getting back together the odells were playing yeah like that was i was the year they got like the squad back together and they were trying to you know get the ball rolling again mm-hmm. uh, i did not i did not make the team uh Alex convinced me to uh come out for like their little divisional team yeah. which uh would be named X-Factor D2 but all those all the the kids and the guy who ran the team the late Sydney Ing rest in peace he uh he I bugged him on PV Nation for weeks and he was finally like well all right bud I'll give you a shot and I mean Al kind of vouched for me but my dad drove me out there my dad used to drive me down to down to florida man he would he would drive me to sometimes he would drive me the eight hour and eight nine hours to lakeland florida uh cfp central florida paintball where, yeah where we practice sometimes he dropped me off in pensacola i'd meet up with my teammates and we'd go but that was when we were going to the east coast on palm beach vipers and then he started you know we would sometimes i would fly sometimes he would drive me over to san antonio eight hours drive west in the opposite direction started going over there but uh he always really liked you know the the family environment that alex alex has and you know he was all about it i started playing on that divisional team and started getting kind of noticed by colt and i was in his ear a lot just picking his brain trying to get as best i could but um yeah like kept plugging away and then that offseason 2000 uh, the 2011 offseason um colt hits me up and he's like hey man we're looking for a b short type of player and uh i think you could be that guy and that's when the roster tryout happened the the first roster tryout yeah and the offseason 2011 and you know um he sends me that message and i'm all about it like i'm like dude this is my dream i'm I'm gonna go to that tryout i brought my buddy anton who played on warped army with me and um I get there and Billy Bernacci is there, you know, Mm -hmm. and I had seen it on pro that website, propaintball.com that he was coming out. So I was like, shit, dude, I'm not going to make this team. I go out there and try out anyway. And I end up being like the, out of the final five guys that they had, I was number two behind Mm -hmm. Billy. But of course, Billy, um, was going to get the spot because he has, he had the most experience, but Ryan brand, he pulled me aside and he was like, Hey dude, I see you playing your first professional event this year you know you've done well and we want to put you on the practice squad yeah or have because alex wanted to do a little practice squad with like four or five guys just so they had like some kids around and you know i i had that opportunity right there and i took a leap of faith i really did i went home i drove back home to louisiana and i told my dad like look this is ever gonna happen i need to move out to texas and you know play on the practice squad and earned my way. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, just give me a couple of days. I'll think about it. And he came back and he was like, all right, look, here's the deal. My mother, your mother and I will support you. But the the deal is you need to be going to school. So worked it all out. Um, started getting, moved out there in March, moved in with Ryan Cohen in a party house that used to be owned by Dennis Rodman. <laughs> oh, right. Geez. And yeah, dude, nuts. Moved in, moved in with him. Um, Michael Kovar moved in, like, a few months later mm-hmm. uh, with a couple of Ryan's high school friends, and the rest is history. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, actually, three months after that, so I moved down in March. Two months after that, uh, in May, um, they were down a couple guys. Ashton got hurt. Todd, uh, Todd had some stuff he had to take care of. So they they needed an extra body for the seven man because they were they were playing seven man as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this was still 2012 before seven man died. That was one of the that was one of the last like consistent uh, you know competitive years of seven man too. And they needed an extra body and they brought me to the Chicago uh, 2012 event in May, and that was my first pro tournament. So nice. and it happened pretty quickly, man. It was just like boom boom you know, yeah. moved down, was grinding with them. We were practicing with Texas storm a lot at the time, which Dimitri Ninos was on mm. and they were coached by Greg Pauly, you know, Mark Johnson, all those guys. And dude, I was practicing against them. They were sending me to the 50 car wash and I off the break and sending me a snake off the break and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, everything just fell into place. I got my opportunity and you know, the rest is history. Yeah. It wasn't pretty, you know, I, I, <laughs> I I walked away from the team at the end of the 2013 season, right before World Cup, and watched them win, mm-hmm. which lit a fire under my ass, unlike anything ever before. Oh yeah. To you know, come back and just you know finish everything, which brings me to why you know I I left AC Dallas, and because I, I remembered all that stuff, and I wanted to I I wanted to come back and do things the right way. Yeah. With
0: them, so. Well, and here you are now. Yeah, man. You know, with the team, yeah. and, and it's a solid it's core. Been a wild ride, dude. It's X Factor is is one of those solid, just set solid core guys with with great teammates around them. You know, and uh, it's it's a it's a great it's a great organization, man. You know, Alex makes you feel like uh, you know family and 100 you know, percent family, and the players are all incredible, hands mm-hmm. down and uh it's just it's it's a great solid organization i mean there's there's not much more i can say i I can say a lot more uh but it's going to be all the same shit it's just it's a great it's a great place i just couldn't fit in with that i don't think my play style was at the time just didn't just didn't fit but it doesn't mean that i don't respect those guys or anything like that i think it's a i think it's awesome and it's great to see you back with them and it's great to see uh it's great to see you on the field with confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's something mouse tells me all the time. It's, it's com It's confidence now Mm -hmm. at
0: this level, just going
1: out there knowing you're a bad motherfucker and just making it happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love it. I feel like I've grown tremendously as a player over the past, uh, two seasons really. And, uh, you know, going back to my time on AC Dallas, those were, while it was tough, You know, I remember weekends. You know, driving up to Dallas. You know, five-hour drive from San Antonio, multiple times. In 2015, when I was on the Division One team, I drove to Dallas six weekends in a row, dude. It was rough. Yeah. But um, just that entire grind, I feel like that built an incredible foundation.
0: It's what it takes. Just
1: for me and just playing so much, man. And you've been down to Paintball Fit. You know how they grind over there. Mm -hmm. And. You know, before before events, they do three weekends in a row, and I felt like I really got into a great rhythm. Yeah. Doing all that, just practicing all the time. And the Jackson brothers are no joke. They'll keep you out there until the sun goes down, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Just going over. But that's what it takes, you know. And if you really want to become a great player, you have to put in the work. Yeah. You have to be on the – it's just like going to the gym, man. The more you're in there, the more reps you're doing – you know, just building on everything, the better you're going to get. Yeah. And you'll see the results.
0: Absolutely. Imagine if you can do that shit, you know, during the week after work and, you know, do it all the time. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's like just stepping on a field after work or whatever, you know, not necessarily, you know, you can dedicate every single weekend, but imagine how much sharper you would be. You know, if you did a Monday through Friday, you stepped on the field and just, you know, did some laning, did some snap shooting. And then mm-hmm. on the weekend, you, you get everybody together and go out there and play. And, you know, that's yeah. just, just time on the field, time on the field and, and, and repetitions.
1: Yeah. And that's why I love being on X Factor. Al, Al takes care of everyone. And, you know, I'm just with me working out there, you know, doing mm-hmm. like a lot of the marketing stuff with the field or whatever. Um, and my school schedule, like I'm able to kind of get away and I can yeah. go out there, especially before tournaments, and I can just work on stuff. And yeah. Like I was saying before, progression drills, like just the basic fundamental stuff, just getting out there on a layout and going through all that stuff and just mm-hmm. being able to hit certain shots and practice running and shooting to the corner consistently. Like, yeah. dude, yes, yeah. all of it. It all goes hand in hand, and I feel very blessed to be in the position that I am. Just being able to grind like that and not have to you know yeah hurry too much, all I got to do is go out there and
0: perform Yeah, and I think well, there's with a lot that
1: of... comes great responsibility
0: yeah you know? <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and, I, and I think you know there's a lot of people who are like man it, you know it practice isn't fun well I mean if if you don't think not a, supposed to be fun well yeah but also <laughs> i I think also like my mindset thinks is like like do you think a quarterback likes to throw a football? Like, of course he does, right? I mean, yeah. I think yeah, you, you got to fall in
1: love with what you do. You
0: have to. A, a pitcher enjoys throwing – he, he yeah. probably doesn't enjoy throwing 98 miles an hour every single day, but he will throw a baseball every day. There has to be some sort of – of. you just have to – I think that's where it comes down to too, where it's, you just love doing it so much, that's why you go and do it. Not because you have you to. You have to fall in love with it. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, because I mean, you have to go do it, but because you actually want to go do it. Yeah.
1: It's psychological though. I mean yeah. I – for me, I mean I was going – and this dates back like
0: years. But
1: I, I was going through some stuff growing up like just feeling unaccepted
0: mm-hmm.
1: and or and not accepted uh, in, in school or whatnot. And I just had like all this – all this like pent-up aggression and energy and everything and I just fell in love with paintball, right? Yeah. And I just – went down the rabbit hole with it and I fell in love and it was my thing that I did. It was my escape. It was my realm that I could go to Mm -hmm. and I could, I could be what I wanted to be. And I looked at it like a video game. I truly did. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm playing Skyrim, like an RPG or whatever, you know, like I'm the character. I'm building all of my skills now. Like whether that's in the gym at the paintball field, whatever, like I'm building who I want to be as a player And Kobe Bryant is one of my all time favorite athletes. And you hear him preach all the time just about work ethic and just putting in like consistent work, Yeah. doing the hitting, doing like shooting a thousand free throws, like Michael Jordan shit, you know, but you have to fall in love with it at that point. If that is your craft, if that is what you want to do, you got to go fucking do it, dude. Yeah.
0: You know, especially if you're getting paid millions of dollars. You're getting paid to be right? really fucking good. So you better go exactly. be really good.
1: <laughs> exactly. But at the same time, it's – it's. I don't want to necessarily say an ego thing, but mm-hmm. you you want to be that person. Like if you're performing on that kind of level – and I use the same thing with paintball. If You want to be that guy. You want to be in those moments where you got to make that shot. Mm-hmm. The world is watching, and you want to be your sharpest. Like that's the way I look at it, and yeah. I train – like I want to be my best so that when I step on the field, like you gotta deal with me. Mm-hmm. And I I wanna know that I am one of the baddest motherfuckers out there. Yeah. So that's that's part of it with me. And if, if you don't have that worth ethic, if you're if you are going to be lazy and you don't wanna work as hard as you can at it to, to reach that next level, then you know
0: It's gonna have show
1: fun being mediocre. Yeah, yeah. have fun being, being mediocre, you know? Yeah. And but that's that's what it takes, really, for anyone listening, any divisional players out there. Like, if you truly want to be great, and I mean, I know, you know, paintball costs money, but if there's a will, there's a way. Figure it out. I used to, I used to mow the grass at LA Extreme Paintball for a case of paintball, so that I can snap yeah. shoot at pools all day. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Yeah, and so. just and buy a case, go play the day with a case of paint. I understand that there's different, you know, back back players shoot more paint or. Shoot semi-auto. Do something where you have to control a guy with less paint, but maybe your shots more accurate now. Yeah. So you can control the guy better. I mean, it's it's you know people might think it's stupid, but it, it's dude, just play play ah. with play with less paint. Challenge yeah. yourself a little bit. Make it a little bit harder on yourself and pull that those those little things out of out of yourself that you didn't necessarily mm-hmm. thought you had, but now you're challenging yourself. So like you start you kind of start chipping away at your at your paintball character and you're building it up again or you're or you're exactly. building on it you, you know, know it's, it's little and things like man. going
1: back going back to louisiana i mean i'm sure you visited louisiana at some point in your life never been a lot of shit down there it's dude it's humid as hell it's like i've florida, always wanted to visit right it, yeah. you you know you know how humid and hot it is in florida it's it's Ugh. like that in louisiana as well and when you're practicing in the middle of the summer, it is a mental grind, dude. No one wants to be out there. Just getting <laughs> eat up by bugs and just you can't breathe. And that yeah. that's a whole new level within the sport because we all know fatigue. When fatigue sets in on the paintball field, you start making mistakes. Oh, you yeah. start playing sloppy. You start doing dumb shit that you wouldn't normally do just trying to get out of a situation, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You can work through that. if you are If you are trained and you are ready for those situations, you will be exponentially better. Yeah. And I feel like grinding in Louisiana did that for me. And Crunch will tell you the same thing. Like the the shit like we we've done down there, dude, it's hard. But I mean yeah. Tampa Bay damage does it all the time. So like if you if you can play in those conditions, you can do anything. I still don't like, know what's we, worse we
0: playing in the humid heat or playing in fucking 25 degree weather in the Midwest. Yeah.
1: Well we don't play tournaments in twenty five degree weather, so Yeah, but if you, you, <laughs> yeah, you want to play
0: in the off season, you're a midwest yeah. paintball player, you gotta figure your shit out.
1: Yeah. Play indoor or whatever. <sighs> I know it's hard for you. You're out in Ohio somewhere. Yeah.
0: yeah. Northwest Ohio.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a trek just to get over to, you know, indoor or wherever you play. I mean, any field
0: that... for me is two and a half hours and then Chicago that's any field at all, paintball wise. And then, yeah. uh, and then four hours over to Chicago, and then I think six over to like, over. To, well, Plex is two hours, so I don't really play a Plex too much, but um, yeah,
1: yeah, it's a haul either way. It is. It Just goes back to you know making sacrifices. How how much you, how how, how far you want to go. Yeah. You know,
0: but. Well, grind. Jesse, dude, thank you so much for sitting down with me. And chit chat. Thank you. Always. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. I, I always enjoy. You know, I have I've had uh, some you know some older pros on here, some veterans, and and uh, I really enjoy some of the younger guys coming on here because it's it's a different experience that uh, you know you came up through a different kind of genre and era of paintball, and it's just cool to kind of hear your perspective on things uh, compared to mine, kind of you know going through, and I think I think it's good. I, I think it's good hearing both perspectives.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's awesome because I mean, dude, I, I I wish I could like just hop in a Delorean like Marty McFly and <laughs> go back in time and play in two thousand and six or play in two thousand and five against Dynasty. and just dude. like I, I missed I missed that whole era, right? Mm-hmm. And dude, I, I feel like I would have been a monster on half of those fields just where the X is in the middle, and, you know, there's pins like, lined up in the middle of the field and it's a ladder snake and there's mini X's and Doritos yeah. on the Dorito side. But like it, it, it was just so different back then, mm-hmm. you know, 15 balls a second, just two 20 minute halves, just balls to the wall, just eating people's lunches. You it's know? crazy.
0: You had that. And then on the totally separate side, you had this seven man uh, system where it was oh, like just a, methodical okay. and just, but, but exciting um yes. you know, stands 100%. were still packed and watching, yeah. and it was like, it, it was just crazy. The two dimensions,
1: watching Durder videos. Like I never got to play Huntington Beach, dude, and it's something yeah. that like I, I, I really, I really wish I could have done. But like going back and watching like old Durder films and everything, and just seeing Huntington Beach and those giant stands just packed, dude. Yeah. Like, Completely packed, people everywhere, drunk, screaming fans, just like <laughs> so excited about paintball.
0: We're gonna like, try and bring that, it back. That,
1: yeah, yeah, dude, that is what I I wanted to live for, and that motivated me to just be able to play on that stage. Yeah, and it was it's it just cool. Like, and I still nerd out, and I'll go back and watch <laughs> Dirters, and I'll watch all that stuff. I'm like, wow, dude.
0: Yeah, man. It I watch Sunday cool. Drivers before every event. I watch Sunday Drivers really? on the plane ride. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, That's I
0: always, I, yeah, the little shit that I do. Well, man, hey, thank you so much. I wish you the thank best you. of luck. Um, I know you're going to bust your ass in the offseason and uh, you're going to sharpen yep. your sword, um, you know, for this upcoming 19, 2019 season. So, yeah, I wish you and X Factor the the very best. Uh, tell Alex hello for me. Always.
1: Always. You and, know, he uh, got love for you.
0: Hell yeah. Take, uh, take care of yourself, bud. Always, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Care that, kid. Yes sir. Later buddy. Peace man. I appreciate it Jesse. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me. Uh, I had a great time, bud. I wish you guys the best of luck. It's going to be an interesting 2019 for sure. We're we'll, we'll uh, it's it's boiling up. The offseason is season is crazy uh, with all the moves. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, they're in the, in the new league. Crazy. Craziness. We'll see what happens. A, uh, you know, a big shout-out to our sponsors, shocktechusa.com. Uh, like I said before, guys, mechanical is in. And if you are looking to get a new mechanical marker, make sure you head over to Shock Tech and pick up one of their slick little badass guns. So very nice. And um, they're all hand put together and assembled by... Mr. Danny Love himself and uh, if you don't know who Danny Love is look him up man Google him aftershock legend Danny Love. Uh, We're also brought to you by Charm City Paintball Uh, go over to Instagram or Facebook and check out what designs and fabric he has right now Uh, anything he makes is usually 10 runs or less and it's all awesome it's all great gear and if you're looking to get the grandma's couch Headbands, they will be out very, very, very soon. So thank you, Mike. Uh, also brought to you by Push Paintball, the Unite goggle, the lens, the bags, all can be found at pushpaintball.com. Uh, make sure you you uh, ask for crystal soya. I would do that and and, uh, and he'll tell you the business. He'll, he'll let you know what's going on. And yeah, amazing gear and a uh, great company. So pushpaintball.com ckfightlife.com. They have the the all the gear for the the BJJ, uh, for the the paintball jerseys packs, uh, laser engraving. So if you guys have any markers that need laser engraving, please please go over to ckfightlife and uh, and they'll hook you up. You guys they they've been all over the place on the pro field, um, on divisionals. Everybody has wanted to get anodizing, um, but sometimes you can't and the next best thing is laser engraving, and they do an amazing job over there, ckfightlife.com. And last but not least, brought to you by Rise Custom Gear, risecustom.com, and they are the ones who are actually doing the t-shirts for me. They will be on pre-order, should be this upcoming week. Get them just in time for Christmas. And uh, yeah, let me me see you guys' support for the podcast. I appreciate it. I'm gonna hopefully have a Patreon here uh, here soon, and that would be awesome if I can get that rolling. And uh, and yeah, I appreciate all the support, guys. Thank you so much. It's been uh, it's been so fun with the uh, you know playing and the support on the uh, on the pro field. And uh, I'll never forget it, man. It's been an experience for sure. And I really hope that uh, that you know everything paintball related after this is uh just making more memories and and hopefully impacting the paintball world in a positive way in a growing way uh you know that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to do and that's what uh that's whoever i'm who i'm involved with is trying to do as well so thank you guys so much for listening please don't text and drive pay attention to the road i want you all to get to your destination safe and uh and yeah we'll see you again here soon on The Playing On Podcast. Peace.